Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an RNZ podcast. So I'm just going to add a blend to my diffuser. This is one I call Energize and Refresh. When we're busy rushing about, it's not easy to find time to do things for ourselves, things to keep us healthy and keep us sane. I do this blend in the morning. It has got three drops of lemon essential oils and two drops of peppermint essential oils in here. That's why we're here, to find out whether health fads that claim to be good for us really are. So, first off, I'm going to add some water to my diffuser. There we go. And my two oils here. One, two, there we go. Kia ora and welcome to Healthy or Hoax. Call Stacey Morrison a home. This week, we're looking into essential oils. My diffuser here, I've just got a very simple button which switches on and it's just diffusing the oil straight into the stream of air that's coming out the top of my diffuser and it smells very energizing and very refreshing and also it just gets rid of those morning sort of odors and it just freshens things up nicely and um, wakes us all up ready for our day ahead. Let's start with Jo Newsham, who's been mixing a lemon-peppermint diffusion to wake herself up on a cool winter's morning. So I trained as an aromatherapist, um, yeah, just slightly over 20 years ago. It feels awkward saying that many years ago. Newsham is also a life coach. I don't sort of actively sell essential oils, but I do use them in my treatments as a form of therapy because they are, of course, aromatherapy. She's based in Christchurch and has three children keeping her busy. She uses essential oils in her everyday life. In my experience bringing up children, I often use essential oils. So I will use tea tree if we've got a little cut or a graze. I've always found as a fantastic antiseptic. Um, I keep a small one in my handbag. So if we have a little cut or a graze, I know that I've got something on hand to give it a quick clean. If we've got sniffles, then the diffuser will go on in the children's rooms and I will use eucalyptus and peppermint. Um, I find all of those things to be, they contain less chemicals. So Instead of buying like a Vicks vapor rub, I will make up um, some coconut oil, um, melt it, and then mix in some peppermint and eucalyptus. And then I've made my own Vicks vapor rub for the children. My preference is, is that I know exactly what's in there. So I know that there's no synthetic chemicals. I just like to know exactly what I'm using on my skin and my children's skin and, and things like that. What's Newsham's favorite oil? Frankincense is one of my top oils for skincare. That's like asking who her favourite child is. Lavender definitely makes me feel relaxed. Tea tree um, I've always found as a fantastic antiseptic. I also um, quite like some very deep 
sort of muskier smells so like resins like cobaiba anything citrusy as well so quite like citrus blends um, grapefruits orange lemon joe newsham does think that oils make a difference for her and her family the frankincense for example i personally find it noticeable um if i don't use it 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 works with my skin really well so i will use that with a moisturizer um, so it is well diluted um so that helps my skin um it's smoother in appearance i i think that i'm aging fairly well but you know who's to say it's down to the oil anyway but um while i feel it's supporting me i will continue to use it and lavender definitely makes me feel relaxed um i have a little boy who suffers with a little bit of anxiety and um you know it could be a placebo effect of course but he finds comfort in that smell and if that smell makes him feel more comfortable and less anxious, then then he should use that when he feels he wants to. Newsham's knowledge of essential oils comes from her training as a massage therapist all those years ago. We studied aromatherapy in those terms of, you know, what are the properties of each oil, uh, their Latin names down to, you know, how they are extracted what's a resin what comes from a plant what comes from the petal what comes from the leaf so there was quite a lot of information there and then yeah we had to learn things like the dilution process very much like I guess in terms of you know creating perfumes we had to learn the base notes the medium notes the top notes and all all of that stuff so that was all part of the course that that I did back then and this i guess knowledge of oils is something that's come down through the years because they have been used for centuries like for example um frankincense was used back with the egyptians and they were used for embalming you know that evidence has been found somewhere along the lines in history and i guess that's just been built upon through you know tried and tested things as things do with any sort of product that's created so I use frankincense because if the Egyptians were embalmed, then I'm, I'm all for a bit of anti-aging and looking after my skins. Let's start with using the oils as aromatherapy. As the name signifies, it's the smell that's supposed to be good for us. So how does that work? We can all walk past a, a beautiful jasmine bush and, and smell the jasmine and it will have a, a feeling attached to that. That could also be a nostalgic feeling of, you know, that lavender bush smells like my Nana's perfume from when I was a kid. And it also makes you feel quite calm and relaxed. We've all been familiar with an awful smell and some of those things certainly can have a very strong physiological response, a feeling of nausea can occur with certain cells. Okay, so this would be the opposite to aromatherapy. But Simon Malpaz, Professor of Bioengineering and Physiology at the University of Auckland, backs up Newsham's point about smells making us feel things. There is no doubt that all of our senses, which are, if you like, inputs to the brain, uh, connect up and we can have distinct physiological responses to that. So the question then, is there any evidence of a really nice smell, to use a liberal term around aromatherapy or different types of essential oils, having a physiological response in a positive setting? So I think in that setting, 
we start to get a little bit into the eye of the beholder because we all know that if we smell a nice perfume or we smell a nice rose, there is a connection to between that visual and uh, sensory input to the way our brain feels. We feel better. So there is that, and, and people in marketing and advertising have used that for hundreds and hundreds of years. Malpass is less convinced of long-term health benefits, though. And that's where I think in the terms of the physiological response, we get much more into not really a lot of evidence to support that. Because, he says, we're just so good at adapting and acclimatising. Well, an example is people who live in Rotorua, it's a smelly place, rotten eggs and all that sort of thing. When we first visit there, we notice it. But after a day or so... It disappears. Well, it's still there. We just, our bodies have become used to it. And so chronically, when we smell something or have an oil, we rapidly become used to that and such that we can't, it's, it's not having any long-lasting impact on us. It becomes less noticeable. This is where the problem is often, all throughout sort of treatment of disease, by some drug therapies and other things, is that sometimes the effect, the potency of the effect wears off with time. And certainly if we take something that is relatively minor in its impact in terms of the physiological response, a smell or something like that, uh, its impact longer term is, is pretty limited. And because we're all about the science... Well, I, really, I should say, there's not. I wasn't unable to find any scientific evidence that the essential oils would translate into a long-term chronic effect. OK, so the science backs that up. If you like the smell, diffused essential oils might give you a short-term positive effect, but no long-term health benefits. What about using it in massage or rubbing it on the skin? Yes, yes, so... Our skin is a great barrier, and it's a wonderful barrier for bacteria and and fluids and things like that. However, our skin is porous, so those who've had a, an injury, soft tissue injury, will be familiar probably with rubbing a cream like Voltaren on, on an affected area, and that can have a positive impact. It's absorbed through the skin. There are certainly patches, of course, there's nicotine patches absorbed through the skin. So our skin does absorb chemicals through them. So there certainly is a mechanism for that to occur. The question is, does it? And and that's where, again, there's really a lack of evidence to support that a simple product that one rubs on as an oil or uh, to have a long-lasting effect, a chronic effect, by rubbing that on daily. So still no science that essential oils can have long-lasting health benefits. And Malpass has some concerns about oils rubbed directly onto the skin. Absolutely. And we can think back to the examples of bee pollen extract, where you know people did die from from taking or rubbing components and they they really went into anaphylactic shock and had all sorts of allergic responses to it. Um, just, you know, it's this whole thing. Just because it's natural doesn't actually mean it's safe. <laughs> you know? uh, there's plenty of things we pull out the ground that, uh, you know, that are really pretty toxic. So, uh, you know, you've got to be pretty careful with things that you're rubbing on, on your body. Which brings us to probably the trendiest use of essential oil in our food. For the scientific outlook on putting it in our bodies, I sat down with food and nutrition writer Nikki Bazant.
Good to go? Yep. I reckon. Kia ora, Nikki Bazant, and I see an interesting smile on your face. What do you think of them? Look, I mean, essential oils have been around for a long time, right? People have been using them for, I suppose, hundreds of years. Uh, and, you know, I've had oil diffusers in the past. You probably have too. They yes, make the room do. smell nice. I have candles at home. You know, it's all very nice. Um, the thing with essential oils is that they've kind of popped up lately in the, the context of multi-level marketing companies. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people, you've probably got friends. I definitely have got friends or at least Facebook friends who are promoting mm. essential oils through one of these companies And the problem there, several problems, but one of the problems is that we're getting completely unqualified people recommending the use of these oils in ways that is not necessarily safe or in any way healthy. And in fact, could be dangerous. You've got people sort of recommending them to be used either in really concentrated form and or to be added to food. So... There'll be recipes, you know, featuring essential oils and they'll people will be putting them in their smoothies and adding them to water and adding them to baking and adding them to dressings and things like that. And that is really problematic. In fact, uh, there was an investigation in Australia about this last year. Uh, Choice, the consumer advocate organisation in Australia, they actually published an article warning about essential oils that they can be dangerous when ingested. And they quoted the New South Wales Poisons Information Centre... Uh, who say essential oils should not be consumed, even in tiny amounts. And you can cause seizures, nausea, vomiting, burns. Uh, Chronic exposure can potentially cause organ damage. So serious stuff. Yeah, and I actually, when I wrote about this in one of my columns, I talked to the director of the National Poison Centre here for his advice, and he said also that, you know, oils have got, definite health risks and some can be quite harmful and uh, you know you want to really limit your exposure to that and don't ingest them basically so so a lot of the stuff about putting drops of oil into your water or putting drops of oil mm. into your peppermint slice or whatever we would be really really wise to stay away from. Joe Newsham the aromatherapist also has concerns about who is using essential oils. They're really highly concentrated and That's also one of my concerns where essential oils has become um, more trendy or more available as well outside of therapists, um, for example, multi-level cells. Because you need to know what you're doing with essential oils. They are toxic to some people. They are toxic to animals. Um, Not all oils, but there is a list of what essential oils are toxic to cats, say, and to dogs. Um, And then also for children, um, under fives especially, there is a whole dilution process that is involved. So, yeah, you definitely need to have information on how you're using them, how accessible they are and how volatile they can be, including how they're meant to be stored. You know, what type of bottles do they need to be stored in, not to be put in direct sunlight. Don't put lemon on your skin and go into the sunshine, you know, because there's so many little things that you just need to know. So there is definitely a few warnings and um, not to sort of just use them very lightly, you know. Newsham is talking about the normal external use of oils. And Nikki Bazant says with food... It's not a, something that's really designed to be ingested, to be honest. It's meant to be used as a... as a You put a few drops into some sort of diffuser or whatever and that gets diffused through the air. It's not really meant to be 
ingested in a concentrated form by humans. So it's interesting that it can be promoted as such, right? Yeah, it is. And I will say that the only... I mean, when you talk to aromatherapists who are um, quite alarmed about this development... Your registered aromatherapists are actually trained and have specific qualifications that they, you know, have ongoing training to maintain. And they would very, very rarely recommend the use of oils to be ingested. And if they did that, it would be only for a very short time and for a very specific health concern. They are much more likely to recommend it being used in much more diluted ways. Uh, and so the only people really recommending them to be consumed are the multi-level marketing companies who are selling them. So that is a red flag too, you know. If someone's trying to sell you something, just really be very, very wary of any kind of health or therapeutic claims that they make. And actually, one of the companies has actually been formally warned. They were formally warned in 2014 by the US FDA uh, to, to rein in its sales force and to stop people from making unfounded claims about the oils online. Even Joe Newsham is cautious about claiming the health benefits of essential oils. Yeah, I, I mean, I ultimately think that nothing is healthy in itself. It's, you know, it's either us, we're either healthy or, or we're not. And we use things to support ourselves to to make ourselves healthier so for example i don't believe that eucalyptus will make you healthy or make your cold go away but i think if you're not feeling good and you've got a sniffle then we can go to something like eucalyptus to support our airways to help us breathe better but um, i don't think you can buy anything in a bottle to make you healthier i think it's your body's response on everything you know we're all so very, very unique. So um, everything will have a different effect from one person to the other, um, a different reaction, a different feeling. And if you're interested in trying essential oils, Newsham recommends you do your homework first. So there is absolutely no point in buying a whole bundle of essential oils because they always end up on the top of the shelf and you don't know what to do with them. So I would really just introduce yourself very um just very slowly into them, get some advice from um, someone who um, is essentially trained in essential oils or um, a very good consultant who is able to advise you and not necessarily just be selling them to you. Um, I also think it's really important to know where you're buying them from and the history of that, like, you know, are they coming from a good source? Um, Have they been heavily diluted? If lavender grows in New Zealand, find an oil that is from New Zealand. You know, don't be purchasing lavender from France. Try to be local as well, which is really important. And there are some beautiful lavender fields, as we know, in New Zealand. So to break it down, we'll give essential oils used in a diffuser a healthy or hoax star rating of four. The science does tell us that pleasant scents can create a positive response, but the effect is usually short-lived. All other uses of essential oils get a one. There's little evidence that rubbing it on your skin will have any benefits and, in fact, could be harmful. And as for putting it in your food... I'm leaning towards the hoax in terms of essential oils to be the cure-all for everything, you know? And definitely hoax about essential oils being used and being consumed internally... Absolutely, yeah. But, but I mean, healthy if you want something that smells nice and is going to maybe make you feel calm when you breathe it in or, you know, make your room smell festive or whatever. I think that's fine. And just don't eat it. Definitely don't eat it. 
that's what ingest means. If yes. anyone didn't <laughs> yeah, know, definitely do it's not really ingest it. Do know. not eat it. Yes, well, we're, better, we're better off sniffing and not swallowing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Healthy or Hoax, hosted by me, Stacey Morrison. Thanks to Simon Malpaz, Nikki Bazant, and Joe Newsham for their expertise, and also to Joe's husband, who managed some lockdown audio recording for us. This episode was produced by Liz Garten with help from Kate Pereira-Garcia. The audio engineer was Blair Stagpole and Tim Watkin as the executive producer. Listen out for the next episode on fermented foods, particularly kombucha. Healthy or Hoax is available on the RNZ website, rnz.co.nz, and wherever you find your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Mauriora kia tato katoa. Botox Cosmetic, Adobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.